If you happen to live in the Victorian state in Australia, uh, you may have discovered that you were suddenly turned into a criminal overnight. Hi, I'm Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch, looking at a deplorable new law that has just passed and uh, looking at uh, several articles I've written on this on how uh, many ordinary people are today wondering will they be uh, facing jail time simply for caring about the well-being of others. So it seems we are now all criminals in Victoria, at least those who care about these things. I have said it often enough, Victoria under Dan Andrews and the Labour government is becoming the Antichrist state. And a vote in the Victorian upper house last night was the final nail in the coffin. There we had politicians formally voting to turn Christians and others into criminals, and all the media headlines got it wrong. It's not just about conversion therapy that is illegal in Victoria. It is actually Christianity, prayer, counsel, biology, common sense, and help for those struggling that is now banned in Victoria. Dare to live out your faith in this Australian state and you will be imprisoned for a decade. Only nine brave and principled MPs actually voted against this diabolical bill. One media report said this about the vote, and it informs us of these courageous MPs. Quote, Gay conversion therapy has been outlawed in Victoria following a marathon debate in the upper house. The bill passed the Victorian Parliament 27 votes to 9 after a 12-hour sitting where Liberal MPs Bev MacArthur and Bernie Finn defied their party's position and crossed the floor to vote against the government's legislation. Crossbench MPs Jeff Borman, Clifford Hayes, Stuart Grimley, Tanya Maxwell, David Limbrick, Tim Quoty, and Catherine Cumming also voted against the bill. Under the reforms, anyone found trying to suppress or change another person's sexuality or gender identity faces up to 10 years jail or $10,000 in fines if it can be proved beyond reasonable doubt that the actions caused serious injury. The Victorian Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission also get new powers to deal with complaints that do not meet the criminal threshold and to launch own motion investigations into systemic issues as part of the new civil scheme for victims. The Family Violence Protection Act will also be amended to make gay conversion therapy a form of domestic violence. The Change or Suppression Conversion Practices Prohibition Bill is the latest in a series of contentious progressive social reforms introduced by the Andrews government and drew the ire of religious, medical, and legal groups. The Law Institute of Victoria raised concerns on behalf of lawyers that the bill was overly broad and could prevent parents or caregivers 
from having conversations with their own children about gender identity or sexual orientation. The article continues, Liberal MP Bernie Finn had described the proposed law as an attack on basic freedoms and described elements of the bill as social engineering. None of us support some of the practices that have been used on gay men and lesbians, what can be described as torture in the past. Inhumane and appalling, and as I say, barbaric. But we know that gender dysphoria is a condition that is dealt with very effectively by the medical fraternity. We do not need this sort of social engineering that this bill brings about. We have already seen a great number of children go to the children's hospital, for example, confused about their gender. It has gone from a half dozen a year to well over a thousand, a thousand as I understand it. That in itself is a worry. This bill is just going to add to that. Law Institute President Tanya Wolf and Chief Executive Adam Autry wrote in a letter to the Justice Department that had received concerned feedback. The bill was overly broad and could prevent parents or caregivers from having conversations with their children about their gender identity or sexual orientation. Of course, I and others have written about this often in the past and just how dangerous this kind of legislation, in fact, is. So, the question is, what should be done? The real question that remains is how do we respond now that potentially hundreds of thousands of Victorians have been proclaimed to be criminals overnight? We are living in the darkest days since Australian Federation. Indeed, the former Deputy Prime Minister John Anderson late last year said this bill is, quote, the biggest threat to our democratic freedoms in Australia's entire legislative history. Quite so. And if politicians wanted to officially ban freedom, democracy, and Christianity, this is about as good a way of doing it as any simply cover it all in sweet-sounding words like compassion, fairness, equality, tolerance. But of course, there's no fairness or tolerance for biblical Christians, and there's certainly no compassion or fairness for those struggling with unwanted sexual attraction. This is all about one thing, the criminalization of Christianity and an all-out war on heterosexuality. Now in Victoria, you must support and endorse the radical homosexual and trans agendas or else. That's the bottom line. So which way do we go from here? Simply consider the political reality in Victoria. For all intents and purposes, it seems that the Liberal National Parties are now dead. Dead at least to real conservatives and Christians Except for a handful of brave warriors such as Bernie Finn, these parties are now hardly any different from Labour and the Greens in so many key areas. Many more questions remain. I have been writing numerous articles of late on anti-Christian bigotry and persecution. In one such piece, I wrote about the doctrine of the lesser magistrate in which deals with the, which deals with the matter 
and how we have an obligation to at times actually resist corrupt government. One astute commentator sent in a comment on that article, and he asked a number of questions that we all need to ponder. Um, given the almost demonic nature of how Victoria and Australia is going, his uh, comment is worth considering. Bill, I agree with what you have written above, and I would also add how the Huguenots in France also developed their very similar theory of resistance following the great massacre of the Huguenots in 1572. One anonymous Huguenot published a treatise, A Defense of Liberty Against Tyrants, which asserted not only the right but the duty of the lesser magistrate to lead resistance against the tyrant who usurped the laws of God and oppressed church and state. The ideas of this treatise influenced Samuel Rutherford in his treatise Lex Rex, 1644, and in turn the treatises, sermons, and pamphlets which circulated in the American colonies prior to the revolt in the 1770s. My question is this. What form should resistance take in our present situation? We have a premier who violates God's laws, makes laws such as just passed for the benefit of homosexuals and gay activists, for abortionists, for medicos, and so on, but penalize the righteous in every possible way. My own view is that Andrew's government has last lost all and I mean all, legitimacy, and must be resisted outright, not merely disobeyed in this or that point. However, unlike the Huguenots and Scottish Covenanters and the American Patriots, for that matter, who took up arms in their resistance, we should resist in ways other than armed conflict. But in what ways? I propose this as a point for urgent discussion as this tyrant will soon be coming after all of us. And I fear that you and your web- website will be, the ne- will be near the top of his hit list. Yes, quite right, Murray. These are no longer mere theoretical questions. We are now living in an anti-Christian police state run by the most power-drunk political leader in the nation, The Rona virus has just been one excuse for this man to seek to become dictator for life. And as long as true Christians still exist, he will keep going after them until they are all silenced, whether by being imprisoned or wiped out with all their assets. That is exactly how serious things have now become. What the prophet Isaiah warned about two and a half millennia ago is now fully upon us. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. As Father Dwight Longnecker put it a year or two ago, first we overlook evil, then we permit evil, then we legalize evil. Then we promote evil. Then we celebrate evil. Then we persecute those who still call it evil. Yep, that's exactly where we are now at. 
and Victoria is leading the way under the new Nero, Andrews. Heaven, help us all as we seek to remain faithful to what is right and what is true while we live in a culture that celebrates what is wrong and what is false. And a concluding declaration of intent. Here's the scoop, Dan Andrews. If troubled folks come to me to discuss their sexuality, and if they ask me for prayer, I will discuss these matters and I will pray. So crucify me already. Here I stand. I can do no other. Help fight fake news. The Good Source is a right-thinking website bringing the truth and balance needed to the corporate media echo chamber. Good Source is the first source of videos and podcasts like this one by so many independent, conservative, classical, liberal, and libertarian voices from Australia. Good Source articles transparently distinguish between opinions and news, objective honesty without the progressive slant or euphemisms. Would you like to help us grow and produce more new media? Subscribe to email updates and become a Good Source supporter at goodsource.news today. Now that Victoria has voted to criminalize prayer, counsel, and care for those struggling with unwanted sexual attractions, among other things, we are all outlaws, at least those of us who actually care about other people want to be able to help others, and want to be able to share truth and affirm things like bio biology and reality. For daring to have these qualities, we have been turned into renegades, outlaws, and outsiders. The state has declared war on us and is now on a search-and-destroy mission. It wants to find each and every one of us recalcitrants and lock us up in prison, or heavily fine us. Will this finally be the wake-up call that we all need? Guess what, folks? The time for playing games is now over. Given that Christians are the main group being targeted here, we need to be aware of what is really going on. We either commit to standing for Christ regardless of the dire consequences, or we renounce our faith altogether and admit it was all just a charade. We must choose now. And it is times like this where the men are separated from the boys, the wheat from the tares. Already the milk toast Christian Brigade has come out claiming this bill is very limited and quite specific, and we don't need to make a big deal of it. Yeah, right. These are the same clueless wonders who went along with the militants who promised us a few years ago that nothing will change as they push through the destruction of marriage. Those activists, of course, lied, and far too many undiscerning and gullible believers went right along with it. So now, just a few years later, we have Christians who can be thrown in jail for 10 years simply to pray for somebody wanting to discuss their own sexuality. Of course, as to this bill itself, it was always a shambolic and fraudulent affair. It relied on just over a dozen stories of those who claimed to have been hurt by such conversion therapy. 
What was woefully overlooked were all those who have often been harmed by the homosexual lifestyle and those, in fact, who have actually been delivered out of it. One very important document which offers much-needed truth here is called Free to Change. The stories of numerous ex-gays are presented there. Yes, they exist. They are real people. But the activists, Labour, Dan Andrews, and sadly, most liberals do not want to know that they exist. You can see their amazing stories at this website. All up, there's some 78 ex-gay people who took part in a survey for the booklet and their stories are shared on the website. And some of the findings of the survey include the following. Suicides were avoided. Professional and religious counseling were very much useful. Many changed their orientation, and many of these changes were long-standing indeed. But these inconvenient truths are simply not wanted and are not given a chance to be heard. Andrews, the radical left, and the sexual militants have already made up their minds on the results that they wanted, and no facts and data to the contrary would get in their way as they push through their ideological agenda. So now we have one of the most draconian versions of this type of legislation found anywhere in the world. And all of us who oppose this radical agenda have become criminals overnight. Of course, many people, including myself, had warned for quite some time now just how bad a bill like this was and how damaging it would be. Many others could be mentioned here. As I already said, back in late 2020, John Anderson had tweeted, a law before the Victorian Parliament seeking to outlaw parental, therapeutic, or religious discussions on issues of sexuality and gender is the biggest threat to our democratic freedoms in Australia's entire legislative history. And a month prior to that, uh, an important piece by Mark Powell was penned entitled 10 Problems with Victoria's Conversion Therapy Bill. It concluded this way, All this is quite frankly unbelievable. And incredibly, the mainstream media have been deathly quiet regarding it. Such is the power of the homosexual juggernaut. They have become he, she, it who must be obeyed. Otherwise, it's off to the gulag. Many others could be mentioned here. I've written plenty of my own articles on this over the years. And as I said in that article, I declare my intent. I will offer such help to those who ask me of it. In reply to this, some folks worried that the activists would come along and seek to entrap me. I said, yeah, that's certainly a legitimate concern. I and others, whether pastors or counselors or bloggers, will have people approaching us asking us for help and prayer. Some will be legit and some won't be. Of course, the other side loves to do these sort of things since lies and deception are part and parcel of how they operate. And even those who do come to us with legitimate, genuine requests for help 
can, of course, easily change their minds later on. They can take offense and they can report us to the authorities. So in addition to a willingness to stand for what is right and to defend the truth at all costs, we also need to be very wise, very cautious, and very discerning. While we do not want to be paralyzed by fear here, neither do we want to be reckless or lacking in due prudence. But such is the situation we now find ourselves in. There will be those, likely even aided and abetted by the labor government, who will seek to come to us under false pretenses, asking us for help, and then they will turn us in. Of course, in Nazi Germany and communist Eastern Europe and in the former Soviet Union, we saw this sort of thing happening all the time. But who knew that Victoria would choose to go down the same path? Who knew that so much of the West would descend into similar levels of tyranny and anti-Christian persecution? Well, many of us, of course, have been warning about this for years, even decades. And now, all of a sudden, it's fully upon us. Hopefully, some folks may start to wake up as a result. Indeed, in the past 24 hours, I've had a number of people asking me, what can be done? As I said in response to one such questioner, well, there's much we can do. However, we should have been doing much more decades ago instead of waiting until it is now almost too late. Some of us have been warning about these things for 30 years and more, but most of these warnings have fallen on deaf ears. But we can still act. If you're a Christian, you can certainly pray and pray like never before. We can sound the alarm and alert others to what is happening. We can get really serious and even run for office ourselves. There's plenty of things we can do. And I list here some articles where I share more of practical things we might do. Of course, one last thing needs to be done as well. We not only need to let all those who did vote for this diabolical bit of legislation know what we think, but we also need to commend those who voted against it. As to the latter, as I said, we have nine upper house members all up, two libs and seven cross benchers. So here in my piece, I provide their nine names and their email addresses. So please thank them for doing the right thing and standing up against the radicals. As can be seen, sadly, only two libs and no nationals voted against this and surprisingly seven crossbenchers. I hate to say it, but uh, except for those two brave souls, the nationals and libs in Victoria are basically useless. They might as well just join with Labour and the Greens. So many of us are just so fed up with these spineless cowards and useless wonders. No wonder they remain in opposition. A few further thoughts on the way ahead. Some have said that we can turn all this around at the next state election. Well, hate to say it, that's probably getting to be quite unlikely. First of all, it is very hard to undo legislation once it has been passed. But also consider these facts. 
Victorians voted Andrews and Labour back into power in 2018 and with an increased majority. Lib opposition was weak as water back then, and they still are, it seems. And by the time the next election does roll around late in 2020, Victoria could be so far down the tubes that by then an election will offer no hope. And given only the two libs who voted against this bill, uh, most sensitive Christians and conservatives rightly will have to be asking, why in the world should we vote for this mob? They're getting to be useless. They're simply pale imitation of Labour and the Greens, but with perhaps a bit more free market approach. So the way things are now going, it seems most likely that Labour will once again waltz back into power in two years' time. Until we get some decent opposition, we are likely doomed to have this dictator for life. This is an extremely bad situation to be in. In some, only a miracle can save Victoria now. Thankfully, we Christians do serve a miracle-working God, so we need to pray like we have never prayed before. It seems only divine intervention will be able to save us at this late stage. Well, if you like this and more, you can come to my Culture Watch site at BillMuhlenberg.com. These articles and thousands others are found there. So if you like what you've just heard, feel free to check out the website. Thanks again for listening. Bill Muhlenberg's Culture Watch podcast is a production of The Good Source, presented by Bill Muhlenberg. Thousands of Bill's articles can be read on his website, BillMuhlenberg.com. To watch, listen to, or read more media without the SJW PC fact filter, visit goodsource.news. That's good, S-A-U-C-E, dot news. Become a Good Source supporter for exclusive access to live and unedited interview recordings, including the conversations before and after the show. 